0: The Suffering Podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other major podcast platform. Please subscribe and like to get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. You can also find our latest episodes at thesufferingpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Feel free to comment. We may read your comments on future podcasts and even reach out to you for a future guest spot. Like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for The Suffering Podcast. Here you'll see links to episodes, updates, and inside information on how to achieve greatness through the joy of suffering. Sit your ass down, down. Sit your ass down, down. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the to pain. Sit your ass down, down. Sit your Sit ass your down, down, down and strap, strap it. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start it's the pain. To pay. This is gonna hurt. It's time, it's time for The Suffering, for the suffering Podcast. Podcast. Welcome to The Suffering Podcast. Each episode, we walk you through how suffering is the way to sustainable success and the path to greatness. So sit down and strap in. This is going to hurt. Let's talk about The Suffering The Suffering Podcast welcomes performance muffins to our growing family. These protein-packed snacks are the perfect healthy treat to satisfy your cravings and are deliciously addictive. Co-founded by a brother and sister team that grew up in a household where good food and creativity was paramount to their family values. Performance muffins remain and will always be a family-owned and operated business with multiple flavor varieties of both muffins and cookies performance muffins enables you to have your cake and eat it too while still focusing on the food that you put in your body I've been eating performance muffins and performance cookies for years when I was forced to go gluten free I thought the days of treats were gone but not with performance muffins and performance cookies they kept the taste and got rid of the gluten my favorite is a toss-up between the chisel meat chocolate muffin or the amazing apple crumb muffin Both have 20-plus grams of protein, plus fiber, amino acids, and omega-3s. Performance muffins and performance cookies will blow your taste buds away while contributing to your overall nutritional health. Performance muffins and performance cookies can be found in major supermarkets and fitness centers. Get yours today by visiting performancemuffins.com or check our show notes for the link. For the Suffering Podcast listeners, at checkout, enter the code SUFFERINGPOD10 for an amazing 10% discount. Performance Muffins, irresistibly healthy and packed with strength. Caffeina is now part of the Suffering Podcast family. We all need a boost of energy from time to time. Rather than reach for that fifth cup of coffee or grabbing a sugary, chemical-laden energy drink, choose the better alternative. That better alternative is Caffeine. Caffeina is a delicious caffeine and electrolyte-infused spring water. That is micro filtered for purity. It's a delicious and refreshing natural energy drink that delivers the most vital of elements to us, and that's water. There is no aftertaste, no chemicals, and no sugar. Caffeina is a perfect source for pre and post workout, morning or afternoon pick me up, or just something refreshing to quench your thirst. Caffeina is listed as Amazon's choice on Amazon.com, and that comes with free shipping. Just search Caffeina, C-A-F-E-I-N-A, or check out our show notes for the link. Put a little pep in your step while still feeling good about the products you put in your body. Stay hydrated, stay awake, stay healthy with Caffeina. You know, Mike, we got something big coming up on the 19th.
1: Why don't you tell me about it?
0: We're going to be doing an in-person show at Hackensack Brewery at 78 Johnson Ave in Hackensack. We're going to be bringing back some of our old guests We're going to get some new ones there. We're going to invite people from the crowd to tell us their suffering story.
1: It's going to be real exciting to see some of the uh, guests that were here, see how they're doing these days. I'm sure everybody has a suffering story of their own. Whoever wants to tell us their suffering stories and how they overcame it might be able to help other people out. You want to meet some characters? Meet our former guests.
0: You'll be able to talk to them, find out what's going on in their head, find out how they received help, and sit down and tell us your own suffering story. Because you never know, your suffering story may help somebody else.
1: All of our former guests always tell us if they could help anybody out in any way, let them know. If you heard one of our previous podcasts and want to talk to one of these people, they're going to be there, and they'll they'll sit down and talk to you and tell you about their suffering.
0: Once again, June 19th. Come out and see us. Hackensack Brewery, 78 Johnson Ave. Long time ago, Native American children were groomed to become warriors by playing games to build specific war skills. The elder warriors of the tribe guided these young braves to prepare them for battle, using lessons they learned in combat. The experience passed their knowledge of hard-learned lessons onto the inexperienced. Preparation for the battlefield and the playing field are eerily similar. Coaches are the modern-day elder warriors of the tribe, passing lessons learned to the next generation from the playbook designed over time from both victories and defeats. Coaches are willing to sacrifice and suffer so that the new breed of warrior, the athlete, the eager braves and squalls are ready to be prepared for combat in the arena of athletics. Trained and armed with the knowledge of sportsmanship, passed down. Coaches are the windows into the past and the hope for the future. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Mike Felace, and on this episode of The Suffering Podcast. We discuss the suffering of a high school coach with Lynn Hurst High School coach Rich Tuero. I'm saying that right, correct, yes, Rich? Rich,
2: Rich Tuero, yep.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in, Rich. Mike has really built you up into a really big piece of shit. I'm sorry to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> In
1: a, in a friendly manner. Yeah, sure. In a fr- yeah, he's pretty
0: much put you in, in the dirt in a, in a nice way. For, before we get into anything, I really want to get into this week's social media question. It comes from Jim. It says, Kevin, you talk a lot about education that you've gotten from the show. What show has given you the best education? Rich, you're our guest. I want to defer to you first from the episodes that you have heard. What has given you the best education?
2: Uh, Definitely. I mean, it's easy for me. Listen to the episode of Mike speak on his story and what he went through. That was the most educational for me because I lived it. And when Mike had that happen to him, and and I say happen to him because I know you didn't ask for that at all and everything you went through. Living it, seeing Mike the next morning after waking up, hearing about it, knowing they came up my block. And my family was there knowing that, hey, one of my coaches was the guy that saved this town. And, you know, things go- from getting worse. Then years later, after spending hours and hours and hours with my coaching, going out, whatever it was, actually sitting down and listening to his story from point A to point B, the entire thing through and through, helped me to learn a lot more, even more about Mike, even though I've known him. He's known me since I'm... <laughs> Like, what, eight years old? I don't know, nine years old? Yeah, at least. Since I'm a little kid, you know? And getting to hear Mike talk like that and being Mike's friend, colleague as a coach, I had to deal with Mike as a parent, you know? All of those things. Hearing
1: (laughs) that- teacher of my kids? Sure, teacher of
2: of, of his kids, absolutely. Hearing that and, and everything coming to fruition, it just was the most educational for me because it makes you realize- we all got shit, man. And, and and I knew Mike had shit, but never realized.
0: Well, Mike's got some
2: shit. No, right. But how, how deep and how, maybe Mike's in a bad mood one day, and, and I'm, I'm saying, well, you know, what the fuck, man? Like, Mike's, at the end of the day, hey, you know what? Mike's dealing with a lot of shit, you know? like And, and we all got, like I said, we all got shit. I learned the most from that episode in in a, in a positive
0: way, in a beautiful way, you know? Just incredible, really. I learned what type of person not to be by
1: sit, hanging out with Mike. <laughs> Mike. What episode do you think you got the best education from? Well, I just want to go back and say, Rich, thanks. I mean, um, that was a very, very trying time in my life. And to be honest with you, still is today. And you and your whole coaching staff, Coach Cass and, and Coach Ott and all those guys were, were there for me. The next day after that that incident, like you said, I showed up at football practice. And everybody knew I was involved in the shooting and everybody came up to me and, and hugged me and, and thanked me and everything else. And believe me, I, I truly appreciate that. Yeah.
2: I mean, it was a couple hours later. We said the next day, it was yeah. really four hours later. Yeah. Really? And he was there.
0: I mean and that oh, that's right. It was September. Yeah. So you're yeah. you're knee yeah. deep we're, in the yeah. football season. Yeah. 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 I mean,
1: we're right there. Yeah. It was it was t- unbelievable. Tuesday morning and I was at practice Tuesday yeah. night. Just Tuesday you know, afternoon. Right, yeah. To try f- to clear and, and I was and I said in, in my in my episode too, we had a home game that Friday night. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't stand on the sidelines because I was just—I thought everybody was staring at me. Right, but but getting back to it, I I think one of the most touching episodes we've done so far has probably been Clint. Clint was a tough one. That that was tough. That was tough to get through. It, it taught me a lot. I mean, I thought I was a hardened cop, but hearing what Clint went through was devastating. I had
0: two of them, and I, I didn't really know how to answer this question. Number one, Diana McElroy's episode on the, the, the suffering of the legalization of marijuana gave me a lot of education. But as far as the suffering portion of it, I'm going to have to say Mike De Palma. Now, as a lot of people know already, Mike De Palma has been brought onto the Suffering podcast team, and he is now with us in, in trying to help grow this thing. Mike, being an addict, and I said this on the show, Addicts make the best business partners, because if you can channel their addiction, whether it's business or whether it's alcohol, they're going to go 150% running towards that. Now, what we've seen with Mike in the recent weeks that we've been involved with him is he has channeled his addiction and really shown what suffering can do for you, and he's doing a dynamite job. So, Jim, I really want to thank you for your question. Keep sending those questions in. We'll try to get them on the air. Now, Rich... Let's tell everybody about yourself. Sure.
2: Obviously, Rich Tuerro. I am uh, Linhurst High, High School head football coach. I'm from North Bergen. We moved to Lynnhurst in, uh, well, I was in third grade. My parents are both Cubans, uh, straight from the boat. My dad came on a, on a stolen plane, he went from Cuba to Spain. And then got to America, he was 12 years old, no no mom and dad by himself, no English.
0: Did part of your family come over on that Cuban, what they would call the Cuban invasion in Florida? Correct.
2: So then my mother came
0: legally right. through that whole thing, the Cuban invasion. She
2: came through legally with her family, and they just kind of, you know, they met here. They never knew each other in Cuba? No, not at all. That's no. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. They went to Memorial High School in uh, West New York and uh, that's how they met. And they ended up moving us to Lynnhurst to get us out of... We were in Guttenberg and Northburg and got us to Lynnhurst to get in a kind of better place, which is the greatest thing I think that happened to me. I became, you know, Lynnhurst kid. I'm a Lynnhurst guy. I'm throwing through. Started playing football uh, when I was always overweight, so I didn't really get to play until high school. Yeah, I was always... I, I <laughs> that, was me, that was yeah, me, brother. That was me. I always I never made the weight limit, but I'll tell you what, my dad, and, and I thank my parents for this, they never... It was it was never like, my dad never tried to make an excuse. He just said, well, you, you either got to wait till you get to high school or you got to lose the weight. You got to make a decision. It was never like, oh, well, they suck. You know, they're not changing the weight for you. A lot of the way things are now. It's a lot of uh, excuse-based stuff. Correct. Yeah, Made me want it more and more and more. Became a freshman. You know, I played freshman football. I fell in love with the game. Graduated Linners High School. Went to Montclair State. Played there. What um, year did you play there? 4-0, oh, oh, 7 Okay, you're after, uh, I, I, I didn't play at Montclair. I played Montclair in college. But, oh, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, no, I was there from 04 to 07.
0: Well, did, you get, did you finally get rid of that turf when you were there?
2: I had it for two years. Oh, the that the worst. <laughs> we we um, were just talking still about got that. scars from it. Yeah, I do. A turf worst, burn, turf toe.
0: First time I fell on that shit, I go, man, this is
2: brutal. horrible. Yeah. What happened was, my sophomore year, a whole bunch of ACLs were torn, mm-hmm. and there was a major staph infection issue from the turf. So, like, I'll never forget. I watched the kid. I'll never forget this, man. Kareem Farris, one of my boys, he was the right tackle. He had a, a, a hole in his arm from right it started as turf burn. He got staph infection so bad that I would I was I was fucked up. I'd go watch the
0: trainer before our games carve out the mucus So let let me give a little background in here, what we're talking about. So Montclair State used to have the old style AstroTurf. If you don't know what that is, look at any type of major baseball field in the 80s, and that's the old style AstroTurf.
1: Philadelphia Eagles used to play on that that
0: stadium. That's why we could never keep a quarterback's ACL intact because well, yeah, Randall yeah. Cunningham kept blowing the out the that stuff. The reason
1: you couldn't keep a quarterback intact is they played the Giants twice <laughs> Oh <day>. my god. <laughs> well, let's no, not the get only reason the
0: only reason you could catch Randall Cunningham is cuz he <laughs> blew out his knees on that AstroTurf. <laughs> but anyway, that AstroTurf was the worst thing worst, ever. Worst. But the stadium owners got it as a way to play year round and not have to keep up the grounds sure, and sure. you know mud ball and things of that nature. But what it did to the players you had rampant knee injuries because when you planted your foot and pivoted, there was no give. Right. The new AstroTurf, they they actually designed that in. They did it right. I like I like running around on that stuff. It pivots a little sure. bit, it moves. Sure. Then it then there was the bounce. If you're returning a punt and that ball hits the wrong way, well, it's going to bounce into the stands. Oh yeah. And then there's turf burn, the dreaded turf burn. <sighs> Killer. You go diving. You remember the the your grandparents or your parents had that back patio that green carpet over top of it? Well, that was what it was like, and it was just nothing but a big piece of sandpaper that you slid apart. That's, slid.
2: that's exactly how I describe it to like our players when oh. they ask like What's AstroTurf like?" I say just like you did right there. Oh. So yeah, I, I you know I went to Macular State, graduated, wanted to coach. I actually coached my first year at Clifton High School because uh, my my offense coordinator, Macular State, hooked me up with that job. A year later, um, Coach Castaneda re- uh, retired. Scott Rubenetti was the head coach of Liners. He uh, heard I was out of college and, you know, would love to come back home. Called me up. I was an assistant for a couple of years and then uh, he left, uh, and eventually I became the head coach of Liners High School. And uh, now I'm there. This is going to be my thirteenth season, Mike. That's crazy. Thirteenth. So you worked your way season. up from the from the bottom. Oh baby, the bottom. Like yeah. when I tell you, like, even though Liners kid and all that, it, getting the job was uh, the one of the hardest experiences. You would think I was going to be you know, going to the White House. Uh, the way I was grilled, and yeah, these people take their football seriously. Yeah,
1: and, and did you just start off as a line coach, or?
2: So yeah, I, no. Actually, I was a, I was, I started off as a freshman coach. You know, whatever, if you want to say that. You know, that's, I, where, you they, know, that's I, where
1: they stick the newbies. Yeah, I was doing all, you know,
2: everything. Worked my way up, man. Like just, and I had fun. We 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 had the, my one year. We had the Blue Crew. Remember that? The Blue yeah, Crew. Yeah. We call this the Blue Crew. You know, just my freshman team, and just kind of making the kids more into it and we got t-shirts made and all that but yeah i was a freshman coach then i finally got to do the o-line with
0: the varsity which i was excited about now we're friends by the way yeah just because you just said you're the o-line coach oh yeah no no one of the only the only reason i coach my own son Mm -hmm. is because traditionally growing up in junior league football offensive and defensive lines where they stick to fat kids yeah that's where i was yeah that's where i got stuck that's where you'd still be today, but go ahead. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Listen, there's not a whole lot of call for midget-free safeties in Lynn Hurst anymore. But anyway, so the reason I started coaching my son is because I saw this as a problem. Most football teams don't see the value of either the offense or the defensive line. I'm there to show them you guys are the unsung heroes no of the field. Without you, that quarterback is dog shit. Facts. Now I, my son, maybe it's called
1: brainwashing. He'll say quarterbacks are nothing but prima donnas <laughs> <laughs>
2: well they are i mean for the hey most listen <laughs> be, be,
1: being a running back and a wide receiver all my life i loved linemen absolutely listen you you nobody on the football team is worth anything like you said a quarterback right. running back wide Quarter- receiver they're your they're warriors nothing they're... without a lineman. no they're... that's
2: my baby i'm the head coach but i'm still the old line coach yeah, like, i can't I, I do have i have the luxury of have, have a great assistant coach kid, carlos dorjo but i it's not that it's not a matter of trust it's just it's my baby i lo- i need to be with the old line like that's that's everything to me well it,
0: it, to drive my point home the giants i'm going to pick well i shouldn't really pick on the giants when the giants had a great offensive line eli manning looked like a superstar not to say Eli Manning wasn't a good quarterback. He's a professional quarterback, but he was not the superstar he was portrayed. Sure. Any professional quarterback can do a dynamite job as long as they have a good offense.
2: 100%. Uh,
0: or tailback. Everybody out there who's a football coach, tell the quarterbacks, give your lineman isotoner gloves. <laughs> Dan you know Marino. It? Dan Marino. There long you go. Now. So you, you listened to a couple episodes of the Suffering sure. Podcast. Sure. Our concept as it relates to coaching, how do you feel about that? Do you think it rings true with you? No doubt. People would say, oh, come on, how do you suffer? There's
2: so much – every day, it's an ongoing battle. I mean, even with what I was telling you guys before we got started, I'm always – sure, I'm the head football coach, but in a small town like Lindhurst, there's always a camera or a spotlight on me, and I always have to do the right thing no matter what it is. That's just one side of it, but that's what we signed up for. It's not necessarily suffering per se, but the grind to get to where you are – like. You know, we didn't win a state championship for 36 years, and no one, I don't care what anybody says, no one other than the guys in the room believed that we ever had a shot. Even when I got the job, it was like, pff, you know, yeah, all right, yeah, he's too friendly, he's too young, he's this, whatever it is. I well, definitely you the,
1: You were young when you got the sure. job. Sure. How, how old were you when you first got the
2: job? I was 29 years old. Wow, oh, you, were, you were a kid. Sure. Yeah. but and, and all these parents are older than you. Oh, no doubt. And uh, But on the flip, you know, it kind of like, so I got that job, and- all football, things started to change. You look at the NFL, there's guys younger than me that are head coaches right now. The guy in the Rams, I mean, not necessarily, it's a great thing, but hey, they're getting their opportunities, they're getting jobs. There's offense coordinators still in their 20s, like 20, 29 years old. I think the way the world kind of shifted, and the way uh, society is, and the way kids are, the way, no offense to parents, and, and a lot of parents have different views on how they're raising their kids, and Maybe you need, because I'll tell you right now, old school way wouldn't work anymore with these kids. These kids will tell you to, you know. To, you can't hit the kid over the helmet with a no, whistle anymore. Not like, no, not like
1: when we were in school. Right, no, no way.
2: You can't threaten kids. Like, you know, there's no, they don't, they'll just walk. Okay, I'll go do something else. You know what I mean? There's no. I'll go play soccer.
1: Yeah. There,
0: there's a part of me, though, I was hit in the head with a whistle on a cold winter day many times. That ear's ringing. Oh, the ear's just, it was. Oh, the worst. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was the worst. But. That's not
2: right either. Agree. What That's I not mean, right either. Right. What I mean is, how do I word it? Sure, that stuff, the exercise. I mean, my coach used to literally, you know, he smacked us Arnie around. Arnie Perrone. Yeah, well, and then Coach <laughs> Vuno, I mean, they, they would beat us up. But I, I don't look back at that and say, oh, yeah, you know, I really like to get my ass kicked by Coach. I, I feel like the accountability is not there, whereas if I went home and told my dad, hey, Dad, you know, Coach coach grabbed me by the cheek today and threw me against a locker, my dad's not going to react Oh, I'm calling that coach right now. My dad. What'd you do? What'd you do? (laughs) You probably deserved it. So on the flip, I wouldn't tell my dad that I did anything, you know, because I didn't tell my dad that anything happened with coach. Whereas on the flip, accountability is not allowed to be to happen anymore. In a lot of kids, we hold kids accountable, and the first question is, "Well, what are you doing to my son?" Or what are you? And that's what kills me. So yeah, there's you got to find, and this is where I say, and I never, I never like to talk about myself like I'm special, like because I'm not. Sure, I know football. Sure, I know uh, leadership, discipline. But I feel like I have that fine line in between where the kids know I love them. The kids know that I'm not, you know, we're not fucking around. We're This is real. Like, hey, finding that fine line with every kid, every kid is different. So that's where I say the old school way is this is how we're doing it. No questions asked. Where now the new school, I would say successfully is every kid is different. Sure, there are kids that you can coach like that and treat with, hey, old school way. N- never beating a kid, hitting them on a whistle, that that's all nonsense. But it's more of, th- in these times, we have to make adjustments to how it is with the world around us. In order you? to be successful, absolutely. There's no way. These kids, there's too many options, the internet, the phones, video games, sport, whatever it is. There's too many things for these kids to go do and say, because they, they will, just won't play. They, you know what I mean? Like, that's what
1: I'm... If you don't like doing something, it's like running into a wall. If you don't like running into a wall, yeah. you're not going to do it again. Right. You know. So if you go to practice and that's your outlet, and all of a sudden the coach is is ragging on you every day, and, and you're not going to do it anymore.
0: Correct. Out of all the times that I got, I took a beating in either school because I went to Catholic high school, either a school or football. I cannot remember one time where I was totally innocent.
2: Right. A hundred percent right. No, I mean so true, and it's 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 a shame. It's it's. I tell my kids every day we end. Be, this is how we bring it up. All right, both we'll clap it up, bring it up. Hey, be a good person, do the right thing. I love you. That's every time, and I mean that for those kids. Like I, I, I do. I, I love these kids. I love them to death. Uh, that's why I feel like I've had so much
0: success. Is my relationship with the kids? You have to be able to touch that little piece of their heart. No doubt. I'm. I protect my my kids. You know, I've been coaching them now for four years. I protect my kids with everything, and it's kind of gotten me in trouble. Like if I see another team abusing them where the refs aren't calling i'm gonna call it out it was a like,
1: hey ref <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, yeah. see so now you're hitting on us that gets then. me in trouble man because me that, too
0: all the time i got i got uh, flagged I, I got thrown off the i field. have right. i
1: have listen I, I like i said i was a volunteer coach under richie for what eight years at or least so, yeah. Or yeah i mean you were there like forever and, and i have never seen someone stick up for their kids more than Richie has, so I mean it was. I mean, did, was, listen, did he have his own? We've special? all done. And listen, I've been right there with you too. How many times do you have to tell me to right, calm well, down? On that's like, like to <laughs> to, a, to a problem because I
2: would be fired up, and I, I can't blame these guys. They're watching me rip these guys about my kids, and then there you. And I'm telling Mike, Mike, you got to shut the fuck up because they're going to throw you out and <laughs> yeah. help me out.
0: It's not that you're being mean just for the sake of
1: being mean. No, so one, it, it becomes family, and and and, and 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 you'll know. And and you've said it before. That's your kids. Yeah. You know, and if someone picks on your own kid, you're going to go that way. When you're coaching these, these, these athletes, these, these high school athletes, they're your kids. That's an extended part of your family. Well, the, the one question I have about Mike is: Did you get him his own
0: special water carrier? No, no, no water carrier for Mike. Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike,
2: Mike was helping with my D backs and my wide receivers, man. I,
0: if he was still coaching, I would get him a
1: jersey that says Boucher on the back no. of it. Before. I was like Bobby Boucher. <laughs> yeah. water boy. I used to hey, listen. I, I was I was the nice guy to the refs. I used to bring him out yeah, yeah. water and have you know.
2: Until they pissed you off, yeah. And Then, <laughs> and then listen. you were no longer. I, I, then you're I, at the numbers, and I'm telling you, then, to get then off the I, field then, I then. then I channeled my inner yeah. twerro. I know. <laughs> I feel that's true because yeah, no one's yeah, worse
0: no. than me. I, it's, it's and and that's the thing. Like, but then keep... to the stands, you look like a you look like an idiot because you're going crazy, and the people in the stands don't realize what you're seeing. Uh, they never. The, the stands you know are funny, I, man. I, the stands are funny. I
1: I kind, <laughs> I kind of think the parents almost like. A fiery coach like that, because they know that the the coach is actually sticking up for the kids. In right. situations, sure. Yeah, yeah. In situations, sure. If you had a coach that didn't give a shit, yeah, you know, then I'd be. If I was a parent, well, I was a parent. Yeah, <laughs> my no, son sure. played under it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, But you know, if if I had a coach that just didn't give a shit when when my son got a cheap shot, like one time my son was kicking an extra point, kid <laughs> comes in, lays my son <laughs> the fuck out. Not only all- <laughs> we're, I mean, we're blowing a team out too. Got yeah, cheap shots, yeah, my son. Yeah. Richie was the first one on the field.
2: I was out of my mind. Like, are you are you going to get my, and I carried him off the field. I mean, oh. I was so fired up because like we, just, we keep saying your kids, so many people mistaken when I, cause I say my, my, I have two daughters. Those are my girls. Mm-hmm. My kids
0: are my players. Those are my kids. You know, like you internalize a lot of that relationship, and I think at some point you have to, if you give a shit about what you're doing, you have to internalize your feelings for them. Hundred percent, man. These but kids thats know. a pressure yeah. too. Oh yeah, hell yeah. That's hell a pressure yeah. too, because as as much as you're on the high with those kids, you're on the low with those kids. If they screw up or they don't make the grade or they're becoming ineligible. No now all of a sudden you got a you got a big problem. So let's talk about some of the other pressures that you have with coaching.
2: I mean, we talked about the parents, right? So, so and we could go right from this into the, the parents. Now, I, I'm going to have a disclaimer here so that no one takes anything personal. But I I got nothing against parents. I love the parents. You know, they're 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 the reason why these kids are playing. One of the biggest struggles is not taking the parents' input, and because so, a lot of the times parents want different than what the kid actually wants or thinks or is feeling. And one of the hardest things for me is making parents understand that at the end of the day, there's no, I I don't play, and I mean this wholeheartedly, I don't play favorites. I want to win, obviously. I want our kids to be successful. But when I make my decisions, I truly believe in my heart I'm making the right decision and the best decision for the team, the kid, whatever it is. That's one of the biggest struggles is trying to make them understand and believe I'm not out to get your kid. I want to see nothing but success for all these kids. I always tell my kids the biggest bonus for me. I, we don't get paid much. It's not for money. The biggest bonus for me is you coming back and telling me my meet my wife. Here's my kids. I'm working here. I have a great job. That's my end goal. No matter what it is. Yeah, we. I want to win. Sure. I want to get championships. I want see to get you those walking range. down the hall. Hey, Coach Twirl? No, right, but like, I, I my biggest thing is that man getting these kids. That when when I get the kids that come back. And tell me, like, that that's such
0: a, a high for me. It's, I just it, had it happen today. Yeah. So your main, my main goal as a football coach has always been to inspire. Sure. So right. I had a kid that played last year, or two years, because we didn't have a season last year, yeah. two years ago, and he moved away. I was at my son's baseball game today, and, and here comes this kid. He's just like, hey, coach, how you doing? It was... It was you saw it in his in his eyes that he remembered me and I mean, was, an happy, impact to though, was right. happy to see it. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, that's that that's right there is about. what it's all about. That's what it's you all know, about, man. I've
1: I've seen it firsthand in Linhurst. I mean, you could attest to this. How many times during a game did former student athletes oh, come onto our yeah, sideline? Hell yeah. And they, and they they were just Lined with the sideline, and you know no you're doubt, in the middle man. of a game, and all of a sudden you look over and you see, you know, a no kid all that played like yeah. three, four years ago, and it's, yeah. you, it's you a- just stop what you're doing and go over and say hi to it's him. It's awesome. You know? No, it, listen, it, Lin- it, Linhurst football is a family. Yeah, it no it really is. It's a family. Once once you're involved in it, you're always involved. In no doubt, man. I and, just and, they, uh, and these 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 former athletes came back constantly. It's nonstop,
2: and, that, and that's a that goes to show how you know my coaches, my staff, myself, we are with these kids because. That's not happening in every sport and in every, in every town. These kids want to be back.
0: They they reach out to me all the time. In New Jersey, you know. football is king in yeah, high school. Yeah, and and not that I'm trying not trying to take anything away from the other sports, but just look at the stands for a track event, sure. and then look at the stands for football. Oh, football is paramount. Yeah. Fo- football is a social event for a lot of for the for the high school kids. You know they're, they're they're coming with their friends. The parents are coming. Little kids are coming. I take my kids to the high school game here in Parsippany. Yeah, to show them what the atmosphere is like as much as the game. Let me tell you that that statement you just said one of the best things
2: I heard as a football coach after we went on our run and won a state championship. I was at a dinner at Michael's. I forget what it was. One of the one of the celebrations. Who knows? <laughs> but an older gentleman came to me and said, "You know, Coach, I want to thank you." and this was an older man he had to be in the 70s i still don't know who it was i want to thank you for giving me an opportunity every friday night to see my old buddies while we went on this run that was cool that's cool i got to go back to the high school games and i got to see who whatever but th- that was cool for me i was like you know i never thought of it that way like we're coaching a game trying to win blah, blah blah but like hey thank you for giving me that back bringing that back that was something cool
0: like cuz you could say even even kid not kids you know grown adults that yeah. used to play there that was cool stuff. It's a little bit of nostalgia too. And and you see the kids are acting like jackasses, yeah. knowing that you were one of those kids acting like a jackass.
1: No doubt, man. And, and listen, you, you know all those older guys are sitting there reminiscing, telling war stories. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah remember back in 1950 yeah, when no we doubt. played uh, you know, East Side and you know yeah.
0: I was hurt that game and then me and the cheerleader went under the bleachers. <laughs> yeah. That was the yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're I walking know, around know. looking under the bleachers saying, Yeah, I remember that. No <laughs> doubt, man.
0: No doubt. Now, no how doubt. much how much pressure is there for you to produce
2: um i don't think there's much pressure in lynnhurst for me to uh, as far as you know win. i think the main pressure is that and and it's easy for me because it's i care about these kids is just to make sure they're doing the right thing in life and and getting them out of high school and and into the next level whether it's college or work or trade school whatever that is that's where i think most of the pressure is i have a great great ad great principal you know our, our administration is awesome my superintendent is one of my best friends, even though you know, unfortunately, he's he's leaving. But uh, I
1: was just gonna say yeah, that. He,
2: it's unfortunate. But he, you know, the guy. Hopefully, that's coming next is, is, is that I know and I hope it, he gets it. Another great guy. It's not necessarily to win, uh, although Coach Vuno, when he was on the board, he's my old coach, and he jokingly would you know told me I had five years to do it, do something, and we did it. You know, I was pretty <laughs> pumped. We did, but jokingly. But I don't. I don't have pressure as far as winning.
0: Well, I, I, I was out in. Uh, I was in I was outside of San Antonio once, Texas. Mm-hmm. Now Texas Texas football is unlike anything you sure. ever seen. It's, it's no, no. every pro football game you've ever been to, that's what it's like. And I remember watching I went to a game. I was out, I was traveling on business. I went to a game looking at 50,000 people at this one yeah. stadium playing for high school and I'm looking at the coach down there and I said, "God, what kind of pressure." Big because time. now now all of a sudden you're talking real world money. Yeah, because the- Right, that's the difference. I'm getting paid ten grand to be the head football
2: coach at right. a high school. Those guys getting 150 grand just to be a football coach. Correct. Major pressure. It's funny you said that. Well, I got my grad grad school degree at Ohio University, and we had to go out there for two weeks for uh, for school. One of my partners was this guy Lane Sandbrooks. He's from Texas. Texas high school football coach. So I'll never forget this moment. You might remember this when I, I, I told you guys when I got back. Now we go look at the stadium, Ohio University, you know, Division One football. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, this is a high school stadium. I go, what, dude? I go, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, my my home stadium is three times the size of this. It's not even close. Yep. And I was like, wow, you know what? Holy shit, he's right. Like. It's it is like a high school stadium. It, it's it's a live, whole another yeah.
0: They if you ever do you know anything about uh, West Virginia football? Well, West Virginia yeah. football is very similar yeah. because that's all, that's all they got. got. That and Marshall.
2: That's it. You Marshall, know, like yeah. 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 West
0: Virginia, Marshall, and nothing else. There's nothing else there. We are. If we are. No. Yeah. yeah it's cra- it's crazy, man. The the time constraints on a football coach. I notice it on my small level. On your sure. level, are it's got to be exponential. You live, breathe, especially during football season. Live, breathe, sleep football. No doubt. You, are you Are you married?
2: Uh, yep, and I, that's going to be my answer, man. Yeah, I, I was.
1: You know, I, I was just going to get to that. Listen, I, old- I, I I know Richie's going to get into it, but yeah, his wife Corianne is absolutely his biggest supporter. Aces, man. Rich, Richie. During the football season, and even after the football, he's twenty four seven football. Yeah. You you need to have that at home, I guess, because nope. otherwise you never you can't get it from both sides. I you know, mean, you're getting it, the football pressure and then the wife pressure. That's not going
0: to happen. It's not going to work. And I know guys that have suffered and
2: either left coaching or lost their one or the other. You, the you hear
1: all the time about people saying, "You know, I left coaching yeah. to be with my family." Yeah, but uh, you know, but listen, his wife and and daughters were part of the family. We're, yeah, uh, daily. I'm the luckiest man in the world, man.
2: My wife is my best friend, my biggest supporter, like Mike said. Without her, I always say, she's my head coach. Without her, I'd have none of this. She literally, football season comes on, I, I take my husband and dad whistle off, she hands me my football whistle, and it's over. My wife would get a, what, a three-month vacation no, <laughs> from me? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's like, uh, you know, I... I and I live it, and not because. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, look at what he does, but like, yeah, I'll be at the, I'll be at our field house till nine o'clock at night, and then go home and be on film till three in the morning. Go to bed, wake up at 6, three hours, wake up at six, see, see my kids fifteen minutes a day, twenty minutes a day during the season, unless they come to practice, which is always great, which, but which is
1: which is often, yeah, but they'll that, come because that's to see daddy. If but not, that's what it takes, oh, no doubt, man. That's, that's, that's what how, it takes to be. At the top of it's your a, it's game. A commitment. And, and Richie's not only a football coach, he's a phys ed teacher yeah. in high school, too. Yeah. You know, that's the full-time gig. You know, And this is all just extra.
2: And it's without her and her support and my kids' understanding. Like, Sophia, my, my older girl, she wants to be a coach one day. Like, that's her <laughs> thing. She just loves it so much. That's what she's grown up around. She's like the, the little daughter in uh, Remember the Titans. You know? She's <laughs> just all over it. Yeah. I would not be able to do this without the support of my wife and my my family. Without a doubt. And, and it's... That's the only way, like, especially on the year we went on that run, man. I can't tell you how many times I found or figured something out, per se, at like 2.30 in the morning, and I go, and and they'll click, and I'll write it down, and we'll run it, and then boom, like, Park Ridge is a perfect example. We're playing Park Ridge in the NJIC Championship. I realized something with their alignments and in a certain form, Trips tight in a certain formation. I told the guys all week, we are going to score on the first play of the game if we block 100%. So we scored on the first play <laughs> of the game, baby, and I was like, "Let's go, Waldwick." Same thing, Thunder. I, I ran a counter for the. I mean, I didn't make the, again. Let me be clear in case you know someone's listening and saying uh, this guy's thinking he created the game. No, 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 no. It's a copycat game. But I figured out. I realized learning myself against Waldwick the way they lined up to, to a formation. If we ran counter instead of pulling the you know traditional as you pull the guard and tackle, we pulled the tackle tight end.
0: God, it. it was my favorite. Was
2: and my I was like, favorite. I'll never forget. I tell Adam Verniz, I go. he goes, Coach, I'm I'm pulling. I go, Adam, you're pulling. You've run through that hole. First guy you see, just pop him, baby. 86 yard touchdown run,
0: man. And I, I was thunder. We called it thunder. Greatest thing I greatest thing I ever did when I went to college. I went to college as a tackle. I was like 275. The tackle position, the kid was only a year older than me, so I know that was tied up for a while. Yeah. I dropped weight to become a pulling guard greatest thing I ever yeah. did. Oh, nothing
2: better, man. Because like I, you go yeah. through
0: that hole and you're firing down, and all of a sudden Bang. you just get somebody from that's not even looking at I think that might, that hit might even be illegal now, yeah. isn't it? Well, no, you, could, you, you can't blindside them, but when you're coming up through the hole in,
2: in the beef in there, they don't care. They're not going to call that. because You're, you're I, almost better yelling at them, hey! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're in the mud in there, so they're not, not going to call that. Whistle at them as you're going yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that But that, that, that's just... Where it all happens, man. That 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 nighttime film, or when you're by, like that's where it all. It's where it all happens.
0: It seems like you have your ethical basis for your coaching down pretty well. But if you had to explain to somebody coming up through the ranks as you did yourself, what do you think the most valuable coaching ethic that you live by is?
2: So I, 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 I just got to flip the question real quick. Do you mean as a leader, or like as what I expect my assistants to be? I think how, as it relates to your players so my oh okay so number one thing is family you know i i never I, I relate to bruce arians a lot where my coaches and my players if you got something for family something that's important to you you tell me because i will be pissed if i find out after the fact that you didn't go to that event or whatever it was like family is everything and and tru- family trust love I, the word love it may sound corny football whatever you got to love these kids man you got to love what you're doing you got to love me you got we got to love each other that's just my whole mantra. Because
1: when you love something or someone, you're not going to let anything falter from that. We, period. We, we actually put it on our championship ring. I L U. Yep, that means I love us. I love, us. I love I, us. That's
2: it. That was like our running motto. We we're, we're always, you know, things go wrong. We're sitting around, y'all Yo, guys. You know what, man? I love us, man. You know what I mean, like. But that's my biggest thing. On the flip, as a leader. You gotta serve, man. You know, if you're the boss, it's not about your ego. It's not about what you did to get there. You gotta serve, and that's that's one of my biggest things. Check your ego at the door, man. I don't want any egos. I let my coaches talk. Uh, you got something to say? Tell me. You got Mike all the time, Mike, volunteer coach or not. Mike, Rich, I see this. Rich, I see that. Rich, th- did I listen to Mike all the time? No, but there were times where we did, and I'm I don't like, yo, bl- I don't blame you. You know, no, but there's a lot of times where. You know, Mike is dead on, but maybe I'm saying in the back of my head, you're right, but I don't think we're— Broken
0: we're- clocks we're- right twice a
2: day. <laughs> we- no. A
1: <laughs> C- couple of years ago, we were playing, I think, Queen of Peace. So, Rich, you're, run- you're running an unbalanced line. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not. Rich, they're running an unbalanced line. No, they're not. Rich, they're running an unbalanced line. He comes over with me at halftime and he goes— yeah. Like they're running on balance. Right? <laughs> yeah. okay. You should have that turned to him and go no, they're not. <laughs> that would have been great. But, you know, just getting back to a point a couple minutes ago when Richie talking about family, we had an incident just, I think it was last year. A guy on our team, he was a senior, brother was getting married. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, Go, ahead, go yeah. Holy go cow. through that one. I can't believe this, man. This is crazy. So this kid, Tarek, and now let me just give you a little background on this kid. He was, and I have no problem saying this because he he know, and we, we've talked about this. He was not good. No. Freshman, sophomore, junior year, not he, good. He was a big body. Big body. Was, didn't have the confidence. Didn't, you know, worked. Didn't have the heart. Right. He, he just. But he, but he put in the time. He liked football, you know, and he became a senior and he realized like, oh, shit, I could do this. And, and he was getting better and better. He became my starting right tackle where no one thought it would happen, including myself. If you asked me in August, would Tarek be the starting right tackle? I would have said no shot. But he worked his ass off, got there. Now, we're on this run. What game was it? Do you remember? Was it the NJC championship? It might have been Park Ridge. Might have been. Yeah. Might have been Park Ridge, NJC Championship. I find out that his brother was getting married. And I think Tarek was the best man. No, no, he was. On game day. Now I found out the next day. Tarek didn't go. He told his brother, I'm not going. I have a game to play with my brothers. I'm sorry. Didn't talk to him for over a year. I mean, I, and he he hid it for me. I had no idea until after the fact. I couldn't believe it, that he would do that. Solid truth. You know? I was there for that um, story. Yeah, it was unreal. But that's the kind of... I didn't tell him to do that. I don't think the kids told him to do that. He just said, this is my family. We're on a mission. I'm not letting my brothers down. That's it, man.
1: I, I remember the next day... When when Richie found out about that, he got so pissed off at this guy. Yeah, I was like, tired. he's like, how do you miss your brother's fucking wedding? And he's but like, but at the same time, you got you had to feel oh, a little bit of pride.
2: Sure, I was jacked up, but it, and and then I'm like, I hope his parents because the first thing I thought of was his parents, parents are gonna think, kill me. Yeah, they think I, I threatened this kid. Like I told him he's gonna <laughs> stay. I'm like, oh my god, you know whatever. But I love the kid. That like I guess one of the kid that that kid right there. When I brought him his ring, I delivered all of our rings because we had the whole COVID nonsense hit. That's one of the kids. Like giving him that ring was like, yo, you deserve this, man. You
1: earned this. Like Richie just said, giving away the rings during the pandemic, he did a fantastic job, and it's on YouTube. Anybody out there listening, want a feel-good story? Go on to YouTube. I think you could. I think you search like Linhurst Football. Yeah, Linhurst Football. It'll come you know up. what? I'll look it up and I'll put a. I'll put a link at door show. Sure. Notes. He he goes door to door again. With his wife, Corianne. Yeah, no lie. Yeah. She was driving him. He went up to each individual's house. You want to talk dedication. He went to each individual person, player, coach, and coach everybody. Yeah. And cheerleaders. And cheerleaders. The next day. I did them the next day because it was eight hours for the football team. And Tyler. <laughs> yeah. And yep. Yeah, and Tyler. Yep. Yeah. And actually hand delivered, put them on their stairs, rang their doorbell because we couldn't high five or anything back when this pandemic yeah, started. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is a great, it's a very touching video. It was cool, man. So cool. I'm
0: going to I'm gonna put a link to our show notes in that because th- this is what a coach is supposed to be. No but the, what was this, this young athlete's name? Tarek Askin. Tarek. So Tarek learned something. The most valuable lesson that you could teach him is the more suffering you put in, the more results you're going to get. No doubt, man. No
2: doubt. So
0: that segues perfectly into the next point that I want to get into is, I was going to ask you, you pretty much already answered it is what can suffering teach a high school athlete?
2: I mean, yeah, basically that like not everything is peasing. uh, No, when sunshine and rainbows, you know, not everything's not everything. uh, Yeah, exactly. It's so true. Not everything
0: in the studio. I have a picture of Rocky and it's, it's from Rocky five where he tells his son that the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah.
2: That's literally perfect. That, that
0: whole, that whole
2: monologue. It's unbelievable. We have to work to get there. My first year, we were one in nine. No one cared one in nine. I was, that, that was the hardest year I've ever experienced as a head coach, but I learned, but I'm grateful for that year because of how much I learned. And I would always repeat to these kids. Remember what happened last year. Remember what, you know, when we went on that run, we, we lost in the state final the year before and that suffering, I'll never forget. It. And you were there. We lost that game. We, we do this thing where we walk an L it's a tradition so, and then the seniors go that graduated that year. All the underclassmen all the form an undercla- L. Yeah. Okay. And the seniors
1: come walking through. Walking they- through.
2: It's like a goodbye. all uh, Last time on the yeah. field, see ya. They walk in the locker room now. I got my next year's team right here on a knee. This is three days after we lost the state final. The message was simple. You don't forget this. You you understand what, what we just went through. And we lost to our rival, Rutherford, which was even worse this suffering is going I'm to drive the us. Coldest
1: fucking oh yeah! Night of my freezing, life, freezing,
2: freezing. Drive us for the next year, and boy, did it, man. We these kids worked their asses off in the weight room, the grind, and I try to tell this to these kids, to our current kids, like you have no idea the grind, the passion, the, and, and we're. I, I I hope and I think that we're on that same page this year. Where we had a bad year last year, 2 and 6, and these kids have been working their tails off,
1: understanding the suffering and, and what went on to get you to this point. So we're going to go low point and high point. Sure. The, the 1 in 9 was probably a low point. Sure. And, and I, w- I was I there. would respectfully disagree with you on some level.
0: Because I've always, I've learned more. I've failed a lot in my life. I've learned a lot from my
1: failures, probably more than I've learned from my victories. No doubt. You should learn a lot more, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No
2: doubt, though. I agree. It's a lot of love in this room.
1: Yeah. The other other low point I'm going to say that I was there for was, like you said, losing an estate final to Rutherford. Yeah. Low points in your career. Would you say they're your two low points?
2: I'm gonna tell you right now, and you're not gonna. Maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. But the worst moment I felt as a coach on the field was at MetLife. life. Yeah, we win the state ch- sectional championship against Parsippany. Sorry, Parsippany. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um,
0: <laughs> they don't listen anyway. Yeah, they, they don't listen. Know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's the other side of town. We we, lo- we
2: lose we lose that game. But here's the thing. I mean, we win that game. Celebration. I mean, everybody's excited. Parade this that and the third. We're eleven, no man. We're rolling. My buck, my 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 beast. You know, my my main guy Peter Partilla was hurt. You know, he he was my Clydesdale, if you will. You know, he was a big part of our team. Now, let me be clear. We needed. Uh, there's other parts that hey, we're missing that kid. We're out. Whatever you need eleven. N- neither here nor there. But Peter was definitely. We take, let's be real here. We take Tom Brady off the Bucs. They ain't winning the Super Bowl this year. Let, let's just keep it real. Put
1: it this way. The kid led the state
2: kid in rushing. kid led the state in rushing, the whole state. And he was a tremendous human being, player, et cetera. We lost 41-0 to Verona at MetLife. The entire town was there. The kids, all my kids, freshman through senior, the expectations. I'll give you another perfect example. Michael Felace, we put in an extra poll, pop PVC poll at our field goal, at Linder's High School, so that Michael could practice kicking an extra point on the NFL field goal post because they're narrower. When we lost it, I don't care the score, whatever it is, turning around, looking at the town of Lindhurst there, watching how upset the kids were, it killed me because I felt like I let everybody down. I felt like I let the kids down. I felt like I let, you know, I felt like I did everything wrong. You know, like we lost the game. Technically, and I I don't want to sound like a, like a, like a softy, but technically the game didn't really mean anything. It was for pride. There's no. Champions, there's a tro. It's a trophy game, really. Mm. Sure, we wanted. Verona wanted their uh, revenge on
1: us for beating them the year before. But every game, to a to a, a real exactly. player, every game. every we, game means something. We, yeah, that, see, that was the backstory to it. We beat Verona in Verona the year before. Yeah, knocked them to my semifinals. Yeah, to get to the, yeah, to yeah. Get to the, the yeah. championship so, game when we lost to Rutherford.
2: That was probably the lowest moment for me because I remember I was standing, staring. You know, I waited till everyone up. I didn't want anyone to see me get emotional everybody gets off the field. I'm looking back at Lindhurst packing up and leaving. And, uh, my dad, my dad stuck with me. He stood by my side. I'm getting emotional. I (laughs) got, um, he walked me off the field and, and said to me, Richie, don't not put your head down. You brought them here. You did this. You got, you know, be proud of what you did, man. Like, Forget about this game, and that. But that was a that was a moment, man. That was that was tough for me as as a coach because I did feel like I didn't
0: feel that way once when we were one and nine. Well, that's that's something that that people don't realize about being a coach. If anything, where your victories go to your athletes, the defeats fall on you. Hundred 100%, percent, man. 100%. And that's a lot of pressure for anybody to take. Yeah. And you try to take that defeat and internalize that defeat and take the ownership so your players don't have to. Exactly. 100%. When we, I tell them that all the time, we, we when we win guys, it's you baby. We lose, it's all my fault.
2: Not once did I say we lost because Peter was hurt, not once did I say we lost because, you know, we had five turnovers and this kid that kid or th- whatever did. It. No, no, no. We lost because of me. I I lost the game for us. I didn't do enough. I didn't prepare enough. I didn't whatever you want to call it. I'll never blame a kid. And that's why after that game, I felt so much grief or or, or sadness just because I felt like I was a letdown man. I felt like I let the town down really. Like I was all excited jacked up. The whole town of Litters was at MetLife man. And we haven't done this. We we I don't think we've ever been there. Yeah. Well, but they, they didn't, didn't go to, there. Yeah, right. They didn't play there We've in never been to MetLife. Like that was that's never happened. And and how I remember being so emotional, man. Seeing everybody there, how happy
1: I was. All these old varsity jackets, it was so cool, man. Like varsity jackets, the, the team is in the players' locker room. Yeah, it, it I don't was, know, it was, it was fantastic. What a great. But experience. then you have, so that's your lowest, right? Yeah. It's now, be. Now, now, and I was just going to transition into that. That is the lowest point in your career. Yeah. The high point in your career is very similar to that. Uh, yeah, it's the it's, it's it was a week before, it's man. It's The run. <laughs> that, the run. whole
2: the whole run, but I'll tell you right now, here was the greatest moment. Now Joe Castagnetti and Pat Autier. thats my D coordinator, my offense coordinator, v- you know, my best friends, like my boys. Joe, more than anyone, Joe, I, it teaches Fizzetti's next to me every day, all day. You know, so we're literally like <laughs> two, uh, two peas in a pod, whatever they say. Right? There's two thirty left in the game against Parsippany. Now Castagnetti is like. A, what I how do I say I don't want to say a rule follower, but like he believes in jinx and and you know what I'm saying? So like And this is a former head coach. Yeah, also. he was a, he was a head coach, he was my O line coach. Uh there's two minutes thirty seconds left. The, the game's over. I know it's over. We're winning twenty two to seven or twenty eight to seven. I don't remember what it was. Oh, it's in the thing. What what, what does the ring say? Twenty six seven? I forget the score. Twenty six seven. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's twenty six seven. It's two minutes thirty seconds left. We have the ball. Casinetti comes up to me in my ear. He's like, Richie. We fucking did it, man! Like we did it, and I and I remember I was like, "No, we didn't. It's not over yet. Anything can happen." <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed <laughs> Pearl was, Harbor? Yeah, <laughs> dude. Two minutes, thirty seconds go by. The the hug that we the three, I have it on video. I could send it to you. It's, it's the hug that the three of us had. Mike's brother-in-law, Richie Gress, another guy that loves Lynn Hurst. He's our equipment manager, but he's so much fucking more than that. He's not just the equipment manager. He's He's
1: everything. He's the he's man. Like, he's like Mr. Leonard. He's the, he's the he man.
2: There's no one better than Richie Grass. Like, those guys, I would say, in that moment, they actually put a picture of me and Richie hugging, which was cool, which he loved, yeah. you know. And getting that trophy handed to me, because I, I dreamed about it, and I, I wouldn't touch it. We were the one seat, so they deliver it to the one seed, and it just stays there unless you lose. Then you have to give it whatever. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't look at it. When we <laughs> lost to Rutherford the year before, uh, my screensaver for the entire year until we got that trophy was Andy Howell, the Rutherford head coach holding it holding, uh, over over his kids when we lost like i i let that that suffering resonated inside of me until we got that but and, you used it that's the oh, important baby. part you used it I, I manifested touching that trophy like i'm <laughs> telling you it's it, i got chills thinking about it like i said i'm going to get that in my hands and that's it's my profile picture on my twitter when i got handed that trophy when it was all over, and I got to hug and kiss my girls that know the grind and what we went through to get there. Was
0: Mike one of your girls? Yeah,
2: oh yeah, <laughs> all these guys. <laughs> Actually man.
0: wore a
1: skirt that day. Ah,
2: yeah. But you,
0: you, you wished it into existence.
2: Hundred percent, man. I, That's I, a beautiful thing about all of this. All of it. Like I, I'm telling you, the whole journey, even getting a job. You know, getting a job. Like I, I, I had touched on earlier, I, I didn't think I was going to get it, man. What I went through to get the job and get hired getting there and then winning it all and bringing that to Lynnhurst and watching what the town turned into that's the high moment the it, whole entire run it, it was just the town was electric electric we it had a parade
1: really was, yeah it was so we had a parade cool, and, and you know man. they and they, and the town went to some of the the taller buildings oh. and gave them all confetti and Dude, stuff we had a ticker tape parade they, they yeah, were we throwing it off parade. the roof oh, oh, it was people were out of the windows thr- i remember walking and
0: saying like this is like well, let's, uh, let's let's dissect that. Uh, yeah. That particular, let's dissect that for a second. Sure. Let's think about what you just did for your town that you grew up in, that you played in, that you still live in, that you still are a part of the fabric of the community. And this is something I think is missing in, in a lot of towns is that sense of community where everybody's getting together and they're rooting for one particular hero. The kids, think about what you're doing for the kids. As far as confidence, you can't get another a better confidence booster than having a freaking ticker tape parade <laughs> no you know doubt, yeah but then you have mothers daughters sisters brothers uncles everybody's lying in the streets and all coming together there's no politics there's no race issues yeah, no bullshit it's all of a sudden there you're together and it's something that's missing in this world and i think that's a great thing you know, you know what you know what it was it was it was
1: almost doubt. remember after 9-11 Everybody just came together. Correct. Sure. You have a common sure. enemy. And You couldn't buy an American flag because mm-hmm. everybody went out and bought American flags. Sure. Yeah. That whole season, Linhurst just came together. No
2: doubt, man. There was yeah. there
1: was no there was like you said there was no race, there was no politics, there was no nothing. That was just Linhurst football, so and it was all over town. Yeah. And I'm listen. I was nothing but a volunteer coach. I used to come to practice every once in a while, do the Irish goodbye, and just walk off the field. You know, hey, how's everything going? Good. Okay, I'll see you later. But people would come up to me and like local. Hey, how's the team doing this year? You know, team uh, doing yeah. real good. You know, and it was just such an electric feeling throughout the whole town. Yeah, we talk about Texas football, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first time I ever felt
2: like I was watching the Dillon Panthers and Friday Night Lights because I would go into a store and be like, "Oh, coach," and I'd be like, "Oh my god, like, I don't even know these people there, wanting to buy me a meal." I'd, I'd have to be like, "Please don't like whatever it is," but like that was definitely an experience, man. Like I was like, "Oh my god." On the flip, let me tell you something. You learn when you lose.
1: Nobody cares. <laughs> coach, your you phone, coach, you buy me breakfast yeah, <laughs> Your phone,
2: it, 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 like this,
1: gone, yeah. gone. It was Stone gone. Stops it, ringing. No more text messages. You know, I, going. I, I would fame get, is very fleeting.
2: No doubt. We would we win the playoff games. I'm getting a. Th- I'd I'd get to the locker room and have over a hundred texts. We lost to Verona. I had I'll never forget. it. seven, Jeez. seven texts,
0: seven texts. Man, it was but like. Now on the flip side of that, yeah. what I what we were just talking about. On the flip side, let's say you. Got the head coaching job of a state championship team, where you really didn't have to do too much. They right. were already primed and ready. You got most of your starters back. Do you think you'd appreciate it as much? No way, no, no yeah. way, man. Because you have to go yeah. with like anything else in life, and we talk about it constantly on this show. You have to go through that suffering in order to appreciate the end no product. God. There's so many, so many variables. Like, I'll
2: tell you right now, w- w- these kids did it. I, you know, I, I, I led them. Whatever, and my coaches did what they did. But putting it together, like we there's so many kids that were not on that team. Tommy Ryan was at DePaul. He's at DePaul. Yeah. You know, um, Peter, Peter started was off at Queen of Peace. Peter was at Queen of Peace. Uh, so many kids that like kind of just ended up coming back
1: and 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 Diego Crespo it. didn't even Diego play Crespo. football right. at St. Peter's at Prep. Peter's. Came to Linhurst and he wanted to be in a, a, a um, special team standout. Standout. Oh,
2: the man! And he and he made huge plays for us on on defense when we were, you know get him in. Just so many things that we. That came together and worked out for us as a team to get us to that point. So that's why, yeah, Peter was the man. But Peter's not doing anything without our old line, which was awesome. James Blake, Joe Catola, sophomore Ethan Rodriguez. I just want—I I, got to say all
0: five of their names. And yeah. They deserve it. You—you <laughs> you can say any offensive lineman you want, but don't don't tell me a quarterback ran about. Don't want no, to yeah, about. no, so, no I'm just kidding. No, I'm gonna cool, gonna kid but you.
2: center. My center was a sophomore, Ethan Rodriguez. He's going to be a senior this year. James Blake, Tarek Askin. Uh, Joe Cattola, Tommy Ryan, I said all five right there. Those guys, we are nothing without them. And Peter, here's here's the good thing about Peter and Anthony Lembo. Anthony Lembo was my court, one of the most selfless kids I've ever coached. He was our quarterback that we ended up moving out to receiver, so Peter could be our wildcat quarterback. Right, Lembo was a stud on defense. We don't win without like all these kids. But that's the 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 beautiful thing. I kind of lost where I was going with it, but those guys. We're nothing without the team. Oh, I, I'm back. I remember now I'm talking about how we uh, it was all built together. These kids all came back. They believed in the system. They believed in the goal. We all had the same goal. They achieved their
1: goal 100%. There's no better place to end it than right there. Just let me bring up something since I'm more of a defensive-minded person.
2: Sure. Oh, yeah.
1: We're talking a lot you. about offense. Yeah, we because had...
0: we're the most important one.
1: Listen, we had <laughs> what, just our, our two middle linebackers.
0: On oh, no,
2: our defense was sick, man. Cassie, we didn't let up a point for eight games in the second half. Cr- Damn. Chris
1: McLaughlin and, and Ishmael. <laughs> Ishmael was oh. like leading a state in tackles, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, man. Our, our D line, Blake has a nose, was a killer. Yeah. Lembo coming at safety, smacking people. We had these two corners, John Rodriguez and Daze Tucker. I mean,
0: unbelievable. We we had a, our defense was sick, sick. I, hopefully, all the players are going to listen to this. And this, this coach, I, I want—I just want to point something out. You guys got a very, very rare gift in this world. You have a coach that a gives a damn. You got a coach that's willing to show the value of hard work and suffering in order to build you up into something that you can. I think there's no better word than family.
1: Yeah, man, that's that's what it's all about. You know, and that's the other thing about Rich. It, it's not only when you're in the program. With him, it's even after programme. Oh yeah. That's kind of what we're building here, Mike. He yeah, That's exactly. Exactly, exactly what we're building yeah. here. We we, yeah. we bring all these people in on like you're <laughs> Rich. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you're, now unfortunately you're, no, you're now part of the yeah, go, family. You're not you're now part of the software podcast family.
0: No, I'm in. Um, where we, we but, become invested
1: in lives.
0: Yeah. You know, I'll reach out to, I'll get random phone calls. Hey, how you doing? Just to see what's going on. Hey, how's your wife? How's your kids? What's going on with that thing you were doing? 100%.
1: Believe me, I know Richie, so I'm not going to, I'm not speaking out of character. Yeah. Cares for every one of his players. We had a guy a couple years ago, Peter Guerrero, wound up going down a, to Monmouth and he didn't want to play football anymore. Ran track his freshman year. Yep. Wound up being like a, the freshman of the year.
2: Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. He won, he won the 100 and the 200. Oh, uh, he was the MAC player of the year.
0: Whoa, and he, he, whoa, whoa, k- listen to that. Listen to what you just rattled off off the top of your head. We yeah. you didn't prep for that. There was no statistics uh, oh, in front no, of you. Oh, no, no, no,
1: yeah. No, yeah. We, we didn't pregame for this, you yeah, know? No, no. And that, and that just goes to, you know, that's a, a testament to what Richie is and who he is. Peter used to come around the program after he left, come to a couple games and everything, and he mm-hmm. started talking to a couple different people about playing football. And I know Richie was instrumental in getting Peter to wind up. Playing football again?
2: Oh, he was going to Mammoth. I mean, it, it was done deal. Pete, Pete, and I. I'm not Mammoth. He was gonna. Go, he was gonna transfer to Mammoth. to Go to Montclair State. State yeah. He was going to Montclair State. It was done deal. Uh, I tell you the conversation right now, Pete. You got to go in there one more shot and just say, "Listen, I'm leaving. Either you give me a shot to walk on this football team, or I'm going to play somewhere else." Long story short, they gave him the shot. He ended up being the leading rusher in the country in FCS. Didn't Nin- get drafted.
1: 1995 yards. Yeah,
2: yeah. He was five yards short of 2,000, which was sick. He's on the Jets right now. You know, He's, not, he, he, he's on the Jets practice squad. He yeah, right didn't want to play football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He well, he wanna... did. He was just bitter. The recruiting was a nightmare. Uh, he was undersized, per se. His speed was second to none. That was definitely a, a, a big battle. But he was a little bitter on on how that whole thing went uh, Dude, with listen, recruiting. I,
1: I know it takes a team of 11 yeah. every time you're on the field. That Glenrock game, though. Oh yeah, he was
2: unbelievable, man. <laughs> he would run. Pete would run for three hundred fifty yards, and he'd be like, "Oh wow!" And there's another Pete, not
0: the Pete I was just talking now, about. You, you had, you had athletes go into the pros, yeah. And oh, you, yeah. and listen, I'm not saying that's not a great accomplishment sure. because you're the foundation for what later became a profession for them, right? But it's funny the difference like you never mentioned that oh yeah well my greatest success story is this person going to the pro this person going to no it was no. it was it dude, was
2: it was the team and that, that, that run building that run it was, was the best building thing. a family yeah building it. we built it from nothing like we built it up that that's the best bo- the process the process is the prize
0: really i'm going i want to ask you one last question before we wrap this up Sure. Is, of all the suffering that you've endured in coaching yeah what do you think it's taught you
2: to believe to believe, it taught me to believe because no matter what, no matter how bad things may be, there's always an answer and there's always a way to get through it. Here I am thinking I'm I'm going to be this great new football coach. We win one game. We lost to the Richfield loss. You know that was one of the worst losses. I couldn't believe it. My first year I coach, I'm thinking we're going to smoke this team.
1: They dropped the program like yeah, right after. right. That they said. dropped the. They went
2: JV and then dropped the program two years later. Like that was one of the worst losses I've ever experienced as a coach. I. Started questioning myself my first year, head coach, and then I just I'll tell you who, who kicked me in the ass was my wife. Wives have a tendency, yeah, to do man. That. Kick me in the and 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 if, if it's not in the
0: ass, it's in the ball, right, so no, 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 doubt. no doubt,
2: or in a Keep, wallet. Keeping that belief, you know, listen right here, man. There it is, believe that's
0: it. Like it's, it's a tattoo
2: of believe on his wrist, yeah, on his left you, wrist. You believe you're gonna get whatever you achieve, and like you said, I, I, I dreamed about getting that trophy. I, I you wished I brought, it into success, I wished it into success. That's a fact. We're going to. I'm telling you right now, we're going to win more. It's not over. I couldn't wait to get back to it. It's not like, oh, hey, we won. Good job. We're good. We got a ring. We're done. No, 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 no. We'll be back.
0: Well, and that's I, why I had to get you in here before football season. Yeah, easy. no, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. I you, can't. You, wait. You can't even call Richie during football <laughs> no. season. He, he doesn't have time. Let's think about all the stuff that we learned today. Number one, you got to inspire, and that's as coaches. That's what your task to do is to inspire these young athletes. You have to learn from defeat too. Sure. You learn more from defeat than you do from your victories. You have to take ownership. Rich, you do this very, very well. You take ownership, you take all those defeats on your shoulders and give you victories to your athletes. And that's an admirable trait. You got to believe to achieve. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. And uh, I want everybody to take away that. But the last three things I'm going to say is family, trust, love. That's it, man. I really enjoyed your, your episode today. Rich, you're a great guy.
2: I appreciate you guys. Yeah,
1: listen. I, I told you, awesome. <laughs> no, I,
0: I, I listen. I believe like a third of what you tell me. <laughs>
1: okay, believe that third. <laughs> yeah, No, no, that that
2: that I appreciate it. And and honestly, this was awesome experience when Mike reached out to me and and hey, reach out to this guy Kevin. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm so I'll do this anytime, man. This was awesome. I was well, happy like I you said,
1: you, you're part of the family. Yeah, so no, I,
0: as you have co- as you have players coming back to your games, former players, sure. Our guests, we love to hear that. Say, hey, if you want us back.
1: Yeah. So so now, Kev, maybe I could throw in a shameless plug since we're talking about coming back. On June 19th, Mm -hmm. we're going to be going to the Hackensack Brewing Company. Okay. And we're going to be doing a uh, remote show show from there. Yeah. And we're inviting all of our guests back there. It's going to be a a fly by the seat of your pants show pretty much, but we're going to have some former guests come back and- you know, you're more than welcome to come back and hang out. And
2: I'm in, baby. Let's go.
1: You know, oh, I'm put it on my counter as soon as we get we're off gonna, here. We're going to open it up to the general public. If sure. anybody has a suffering story they want to tell us, we're going to open it up to But, yeah. you know,
0: you may, there, there's people in the crowd that may want to pick your brain. Sure. Yeah.
1: I, I'm ready. I, I love talking to people. I'm <laughs> I'm ready for it, man. I'm good.
0: Rich, I really want to thank you for st- coming in. Mike, this is one good idea you had. <laughs> <All>
2: <laughs> no, right? honestly, I'll give you this
0: one. Thank you, guys. I
2: appreciate it. I, I love the opportunity to speak, and, and it was great meeting you and, Again, like I, I said, know, it, listen. To
1: him. No, no, I, his ego is ego's
2: up here already. No, listen, great, great guy. I'm in your, you know, I'm in your studio, in your house. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate got the Got to pet his dog and everything. Yeah, there. I got to pet your dog. Meet your it. son.
0: That's my guard dog. No, that's it, man. It's beautiful. Guard. I appreciate you. Man. By the way, my son's 11. We may be losing to, maybe moving to Linhurst. Let's go, man. I'd, I'd be, be happy to take him. Let's go. He's, he's about five kidding. four and he's 11. It's two, his feet are size 12 right now. He's going to be a big one. We don't grow him big and later. We need something like that. not
2: wrong, but I'll I'll take him. Let's
0: go. That's going to bring us to the end of the Suffering Podcast, the suffering of a high school coach. Look for us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and follow us, and we will see you on the next episode.